You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 49. Hello again, listeners. Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I am your host, Chris Lester, and I'm here to bring stories from my word processor to your ears. I'm trying to write at least six hours a week and 600 words a day, so I can keep bringing you more fresh new fiction. More on that later in the show. For now, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm bringing you the second half of Chapter 12 in my Metamore City novel, Things Unseen. This story began in Episode 24, so make sure to go back and catch up before continuing on to this week's installment. The following recap will contain spoilers. Benamore City Police Detectives Catherine Cotain and David Silverleaf have been trying to make contact with two more of the Telvari Rift survivors, Julia Mathias and Ezekiel Kapler. The two lovers have been holed up in Julia's apartment on the south edge of town, and were ignoring Kate's repeated attempts to contact them. Frustrated, Kate decided to force the issue. David found a way to reach out to the two nobles through a Nocturna's lily. These magical plants come from the Telvari Rift Zone, where Ezekiel's father harvests them for his pharmaceutical company. David discovered that all of the Nocturna's lilies are clones of a single plant, which means they are all magically linked to one another. With a little experimentation, David found a way to use that connection, opening a magical phone call to Zeke and Julia. The Lordlings were not happy that Kate and David had discovered this secret means of communication, but they agreed to let the detectives come over so that Kate could deliver the disguise amulet she had made for Julia. Once Kate and David arrived, they understood why the nobles had been so secretive. Julia has become a pyrokinetic, and her body now radiates heat at an intensity that is difficult for her to control. Meanwhile, Ezekiel Kapler has been twisted into something out of a sailor's nightmare, with oily black skin, huge black eyes, a mouth full of cone-shaped teeth, and a set of four suckered tentacles growing from his back. And there seems to be something else about him, too. He appeared out of nowhere, in a previously empty hallway, and he is holding the disguise amulet that had been in Kate's shopping bag a few seconds before. Kate nearly shoots the monster before she realizes who he is. At this, he bares his teeth and bows. At your service, detective. Things Unseen A novel of Metamore City Written and read by Chris Lester Chapter 12 Continued Sorry if I startled you, Ezekiel Kapler said in a voice that didn't sound remotely sorry for anything. Warily, Kate lowered her pistol and returned it to her holster. Word of advice, she said. Don't sneak up on an armed cop. It's bad for your health. I'll keep that in mind. The tentacle raised the amulet in front of his face, and he inspected it thoughtfully. This is a mithril core, isn't it? Impressive and pretty. 
The nightmare eyes seemed to look past the amulet as he said it, and Kate wasn't sure whether he was talking about the mithril or her. Judging from the leer on his face, she didn't think she wanted to know. "'May I, love?' Julia asked, holding out a hand. "'Of course, my dear.' Ezekiel extended the tentacle across the room to her, the limb growing thinner as it lengthened. Julia took the amulet. The tentacle caressed her arm and hand before withdrawing. Julia smiled at her lover and slipped the charm over her neck. The illusion took effect instantly. Julia looked down at her hands and arms, and Kate thought she heard the woman sigh. Mira, please, Julia said. Ezekiel opened a hand. There was a swirl of light and shadow, and suddenly a large hand mirror rested on his palm. Kate blinked in astonishment. How did you do that? she asked. I didn't feel any magic at all. Apportation, David said quietly. The elf was watching Ezekiel with a calm but wary expression. It's a psionic ability, and a rare one from what I understand. The words brought back details from the deep archives of Kate's memory. I heard a rumor about this on the street once. Snatchers, that's what they called them. If you know where something is, you can summon it. That's how you got the amulet without me noticing. Very good, detectives, Ezekiel said. He passed the mirror over to Julia, who held it up to examine her face. The metamorph hive would be insanely jealous when they find out. Kate raised an eyebrow. Are they likely to? I thought your dad wanted to keep this little fiasco under wraps. <laughs> fiasco? Ezekiel laughed, a rich, deep chuckle that made Kate's skin crawl. My dear detective, this was a triumph beyond anything I could have hoped for. It only proves how foolish and timid my father has been. Harvesting plants. Ugh. The rift is power like nothing we ever imagined. The power to transcend mortal limitations. Julia and I are proof of that. Kate stared at the young lordling for about five seconds. Did you somehow miss the fact, she asked, that your girlfriend is a walking hot plate and you look like the love child between a killer whale and an octopus? Julia chuckled and took off the amulet, returning to her transformed appearance. She went over and nestled herself against Ezekiel's side, letting his tentacles coil sensuously around her body. Mundane standards of beauty are overrated, detective. Take it from one who knows. And what about Bernard Travers and Harold Raines? David asked. There was an edge of anger in his deceptively calm voice. Julia tensed, her face going blank. Ezekiel's expression was unreadable, but Kate saw two of his tentacles flex and twitch against his lover's skin. What about them? The detective part of Kate's brain did some quick calculations. That tell from Ezekiel said that he knew more about the situation than he was going to admit. But how much did he know? More importantly, how much did he think Kate knew? First rule of questioning suspects, give less than you get. From what Misty told me, they didn't handle the change too well, she said. Did they know they were going to be your lab rats? Julia flinched at that. Ezekiel didn't seem to notice. He waved a hand dismissively. They knew the risks. No one forced them to come. 
If they don't like the bodies they ended up with, that's not my fault. It's unfortunate that my father fired Travers, but I'll make sure his loyalty is rewarded once I hold the purse strings. David's ears rose slightly. And have you spoken to Travers or Rain since the incident? Julia's fingers tightened just a bit against Ezekiel's oil-slick hide. The young man's tentacles flexed again. Not to Travers, no. Harold stayed with us for a few days, but then he left. Why did he leave? Kate asked. Ezekiel shrugged. He didn't like how Father was handling our situation. He kept ranting about how we needed to go back. I tried to explain to him that it wasn't that simple, that we couldn't just pop across the planet, that there were channels Father had to go through. He just wouldn't listen. I wish he'd stayed. His powers and Julie's seemed to keep each other in balance. Kate relaxed her posture, a deliberate bit of body language that she used to put subjects off their guard. I can imagine. Do you know where he went after he left you? She locked eyes with Julia. Did you tell Ezekiel about my voicemail? Mr. Raines didn't tell us about his plans. Julia watched Kate steadily as she spoke. I have to admit, I'm curious what he thought he could do on his own. Kate smiled, flickering her eyes over to Ezekiel and back to Julia. Maybe at some point I'll be able to tell you. She turned back to Ezekiel. In the meantime, I should continue working on your amulets so you can get back to your normal lives. I appreciate that, Detective, Ezekiel said, grinning with that nightmare mouth again. You've earned a few high-level favors with all of this, and not just from Count Halloway. I'll keep that in mind, Kate said, not letting her revulsion show in her face or voice. Do you have any plans to return to the Rift? Eventually, Ezekiel said. It is my birthright, and we've just scratched the surface of its potential. But I've made my point to the people who matter. I can be patient. Kate watched Julia closely. The young woman's lips compressed as she shot a glance up at her partner. Again, Ezekiel didn't seem to notice. Having time on your side is a rare advantage, Kate said. Good day, Lord Ezekiel. Lady Julia? Julia saw them to the door. She took Kate's hand as she passed, and Kate flinched at the sudden heat of the woman's skin against hers. Julia traced her thumb over the back of Kate's hand as she held it. I'll speak to you again soon, Julia said. Kate forced a smile. Looking forward to it, she said, and walked out. She and David kept silent until they were back in the skimmer. Such a charming group of people were helping, David said brightly. I hardly know what I like more, the obsession with power or the stupefying amount of narcissism. Kate rubbed the back of her hand, thinking hard. The question is, how much of that was lies and how much was ignorance? They must know Reigns and Travers are dead by now. Misty knew it, and I can't believe she wouldn't tell them. So why would he pretend he didn't know? Maybe he didn't expect Lady Mysteria to be so open with you. David suggested. That's the only thing that makes sense, Kate said. It's a stupid lie otherwise. Which means, one way or another, Misty is hiding things from Ezekiel. I don't think Lady Julia is being entirely honest with him, either, David said. Did you notice her reaction when you asked about returning to the Rift? 
Yeah, I think my warning is weighing on her mind. Kate peered out at the building where Julia hid in darkness. She wondered if the woman was already dousing herself with water again to keep from setting the apartment on fire. She's afraid. She may have gotten what she wanted, but she got more of it than she bargained for. I wonder why Lord Ezekiel isn't experiencing any ill effects, David mused. Whatever was driving Reigns and Lady Mysteria to return to the rift, it doesn't seem to be pushing him the same way. Maybe I'll find out tonight. Kate held up the back of her hand. A large red welt in the shape of a nine rose where Julia had touched her. I think Julia wants a one-on-one. Kate and David made it back to the precinct house by 5.30. David bade her good night, while Kate finished the disguise amulets for Lord Ezekiel and Lady Sephira. With Misty returning home to her father today, Kate and David were about to be released from their imperial intelligence mandate. Once the paperwork went through, Kate would lose any justification she had for doing secretive enchantments with department resources on department time. Fortunately, the enchantment process went more quickly now that Kate had the hang of it. She finished by 8.30, cleaned up the lab, packaged the amulets into separate parcels, then left a message for Callie, asking her to pick them up for delivery the following morning. Callie's courier service was expensive, but she was fast, competent, and very, very discreet. At precisely nine o'clock, Kate's phone rang. Hello? 94th and Brightleaf. SL2, ten minutes, Lady Julia's voice said. Come alone. Got it, Kate said. Julia rang off without another word. The intersection Julia had named was on the second skyway level of Brightleaf Tower, about twenty stories straight up from the precinct house. Kate took the lift up to the skyway and spotted Julia sitting at an outside table at a cafe across the street. She was wearing her new disguise amulet and nursing a cup of coffee. Kate noticed that the cup was made of ceramic. Judging from the heat coming off her, Julia probably could have set a paper cup on fire just by touching it. Kate hoped the amulet wouldn't melt against her skin. Milady, Kate said, nodding to Julia as she slid into the seat opposite her. Julia did not look up as she spoke. What happened to Mr. Raines? she asked. Kate raised an eyebrow. You don't know? I know he came to you. I know he died. I don't know how or why, or what he was trying to accomplish by leaving. Her eyes flickered up to Kate's, then down again. What happened, detective? Kate drummed her fingers on the table for a moment, considering. I'll trade you, an answer for an answer. Julia made a little palm-outward gesture with her hand as if to say, ask away. Kate leaned in close over the table. These beings you picked up at the rift, these symbionts, why doesn't Lord Ezekiel know about them? Lady Julia looked up at Kate, her mouth slackening. How did you know? It's obvious, Kate said. Everyone else is in a hurry to get back to the rift. Whatever's inside you people, Travers and Hal died from it, and Misty would be in the same boat if she hadn't found a honking big mana source to sit on top of. But Ezekiel, no, he's content to wait around for his dad to kick off, which tells me one of two things. 
Either he's a sociopath, and he figured out how to save his own skin and just doesn't care about the rest of you, or he doesn't know you're all in danger. So why not? Julia took a long drink from her coffee, then sat and stared at it in silence. After a moment, the liquid in the cup began to boil. Kate mourned the death of a perfectly good cup of coffee. None of them would bond with Zeke, Julia said at last. They know who he is, and that he'll control the rift some day. They convinced us not to tell him. If he knew the truth of what was out there, it wouldn't be safe. So, this one isn't putting Julia under a gag order. Interesting. Safe for who? Kate asked. Julia gave her a bleak look. For anyone. She turned her cup in her hands, little nervous motions this way and that. And God's help us if Count Halloway ever found out. Kate shuddered at the thought. Imperial intelligence was scary enough without getting their hands onto whatever Julia and her friends had stumbled onto. Is the symbiont why you're losing control of your new powers? It's not their fault, Julia said, a little too quickly. Okay, it's not their fault, Kate said, raising a hand. I'll take your word on that. But they are connected to it, aren't they? Julia grimaced and nodded. They have a lot of raw psychic power. They have to, living where they do, or the surges would tear them apart. When they're inside us, all that power gets plugged into us. It's just too much to handle. And meanwhile, they're drawing on your life force to pay for it, Kate said. Unfortunately, yes, Julia sighed. Your turn. What happened to Hal? Kate related the story of how Hal had come to her for help, and how he had taken his own life after Artax disappeared. So that's what he had in mind. Do you think this wizard could have gotten us back to the rift? I don't know, Kate admitted. I wouldn't put it past him. Now that Halloway's got a manhunt out for him, though, I think it's just as well if Artax keeps his distance. There's another offer on the table, though. Julia sat up, looking a little warier. Oh? Who else knows about us? The Lightbringers, Kate said half-apologetically. Julia immediately relaxed. Oh, that's all right, then. Kate blinked. It is? Of course it is, Julia said, sounding mildly offended. The Lightbringers have been the guardians of Metamore since before my house was born. They're heroes, detective. That's a valid perspective, I guess, Kate managed. Besides... I have a lot of relatives in the Order, Julia said. It's a favorite career path for Matthias's who want to recapture some of the old warrior spirit. Her lip twisted in irony. Our founder saved the world, you know. Those are pretty big shoes to fill. Oh, they would be, if he hadn't been a four-foot-tall rat. Kate laughed in spite of herself. I guess so. How can I get word to you when we set up the meeting? When will Zeke's amulet be ready? I can't keep this a secret from him when he's stuck in my apartment. It's ready now. A courier will deliver it in the morning. Good, Julia said. As much as I love that man, I'll be glad to get him back in his own place. I swear, he thinks everything he sees belongs to him. That explains a lot, Kate thought. But she didn't say it. See, David? Diplomacy. 
Julia rose to her feet, leaving her cup on the table for the waitstaff to pick up later. Once he's out of my hair, I'll call and let you know. We can meet with the Lightbringers as soon as you can get everyone together. All right, Kate said, rising with her. Glad to have you so on board with the plan. I wish Misty were this enthusiastic. Don't worry, detective, Julia said as they parted ways at the curb. The Lightbringers will come through for us. They always do. Kate crossed the skyway and headed back toward the precinct house. I guess Janus has at least one fan in this city, she thought. Let's hope he doesn't disappoint her. And that's the end of Chapter 12. Now that Julia is on board with the plan, will it be enough to persuade Misty? Can Janus help the symbionts before they kill another one of their hosts? And what's going on with Evan and Morgan? The story continues next week. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, The writer is an explorer. Every step is an advance into a new land. So grab your compass and put your boots on. Here's your weekly writing report. I wrote 3,350 words this week, over the course of 5.5 hours, for an average writing speed of 609 words per hour. I wrote on 6 out of 7 days this week. I'm closing in on the end of Rafa Kaliri and the Ghostly Bride. It's up to about 6,400 words, and there should be just two scenes left, if I've plotted it right. This script has been fun to write, and I'm looking forward to performing it at Balticon, but I'm also really looking forward to getting back to The Lost and the Least. Now that we're coming up on the halfway point in Things Unseen, it's more important than ever that I get back to work writing the sequel. For all my Patreon patrons out there, thank you very much for your patience. Maternal Instinct will be recorded this week and released as soon as possible. In the meantime, I've posted a couple of previews of our next piece of bonus art from Randall Fulton. This is the scene from The Cuckoo where Delilah manifests her power to rescue John and Isabel. It's looking fantastic, and I can't wait for Randall to finish it. And now, the feedback. April Cheney posted this on the Fans of Metamore City Facebook page. Just started listening to this podcast. I started listening because I was such a fan of Gwen from Cowrie Catchers. Are there any older stories I should go back and listen to? Hi, April. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you here. I've tried to make Things Unseen stand on its own as an entry point into the world of Metamore City. If anyone came to this story that way, I'd love to hear how well you think I succeeded. If you do want some more background before jumping in, I recommend listening to Welcome to the City, Huntress, and The Sentinel. Those three stories will give you the groundwork to understand Kate, Morgan, and Janus, who are the three most important recurring characters in this story. Listening to The Cuckoo will give you some background on John and the Hedonists, and The Muse will give you your first look at Artax and Callie. Apart from that, the earlier stories won't add much to things unseen, though the characters and events in them will become important to later books in this story arc. I'll post links to those stories in the show notes. 
If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255082, followed by the pound sign. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash author Chris Lester. The fan group is Fans of Metamore City on Facebook. And you can make a monthly pledge to keep this show going at patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. The links will be in the show notes. That's our show for this week. Come back next time for more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2013 and 2016 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives license. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.